chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this, the best of all, instant reaction presented by the Knowles 24-7 website. Guys, as of this moment, we don't do this frequently. The game is still technically going on, but Tate Rotomaker got inserted into this game with 18 minutes of game time left. Florida State is absolutely mollywhopping the hell out of Syracuse, 38-3 to on the road with Syracuse's starting QB Garrett Schrader playing. This yep. was an absolutely dominant performance, complete bell-to-bell. -bell. Florida State took control, never let it up, and... It, it was extremely impressive. So Kevin Little and I were going to go over the intricacies, the the minor details, but I'm interested to see how much how much juice we're going to squeeze from this uh, from this orange, Kevin. Because my God, it was the same thing happened over and over, man. We brained them. We really we really beat them up, buddy. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually kind of bummed. Syracuse is is kind of mounting a little bit of a drive here because some of the stats before this this last final drive have were kind of kind of insane you you held the Syracuse team to last I checked 2.1 yards per play actually I think it's down to 1.89 as of the time of this recording there's still oh two minutes goodness. left in this game um which is just absurd um I, I know that I know that Syracuse is dealing with some injuries uh but kind of everybody is at this point in the season um Schrader Schrader looked a little banged up, just wasn't where he was at. They were afraid to throw the ball downfield, but this defense was dominant. Point, point. End of end of story. The defense was dominant. The defense gave good field position to the offense. And for the most part, the offense looked good and capitalized. Uh, you're 100% correct. Because even with, like you said, a Schrader that wasn't 100%, Sean Tucker was 100%. Aranda Gadsden, the second, was 100%. And I can think of maybe two explosive plays offhand. It was the one Sean Tucker run and then the Gadsden catch with the face mask. And I think they both happened on the same drive. Other than that, Florida State's defense feasted. Their defensive line looked phenomenal. They looked healthy. They were flying to the ball. They were aggressive. The linebackers were aggressive. Renato Green, extremely, like he asserted himself right at the beginning of the game both in like run defense and coverage yeah. and it was it, it was impressive and it, it, it's tough to it's good to have this problem right Kev because it's like who was the star of the game what was the story of the game <laughs> I don't know because the defense was dominant but the offense was also dominant they were very they were very physical the, I, you know what that might be the story of the game the physicality because they were the defense obviously physical the offense was very physical in the first couple of outside outside zone runs with Trey Benson, who looked like a trillion million dollars. He was great. And then the perimeter in the blocking game, the, the receivers were spectacular. And then also in like the isolation passing game, Florida State asserted their physical dominance over Syracuse's DBs. 
in a defense that their strength, it's a pretty good defense, especially their passing attack, dominated the entire game. What an impressive showing in the road, in a weird concrete slab of an environment in the Carrier Dome or whatever the dome is called now, after a highly emotional, dominant rivalry game win. Yep. Like, this is what trap games are made of, and Florida State dismissed that immediately and never looked back. So impressive. Yeah, I think I think you kind of nailed it with how I feel about these past three weeks. It's that, yeah, you you found these teams probably at their at their lowest, right? Uh, kind of dealing with quarterback turnover and and whatever. But the real story has been how much you've just been able to outmuscle these teams. Um, yeah, you didn't. You haven't looked like you're from the same conference as the past three teams when you line them up on the field. It looks like it looks like when you're playing, you know, one of those G five teams or whatever, where just the the quality of of athlete on the field is just different for your team across the board than it is for the other team. And I think you saw that at Miami. I think you saw that at Georgia Tech, and I think you saw this game where Florida State could just kind of do what they want because they were bigger, stronger, and faster than you. Um, and I think that, I think that's, I think that's where you need to tip your hat to this coaching staff that they've been physically as well as like, as well as football wise, preparing these kids to play football. Um, they're, they're physically looking the part you're looking more like Florida state looks when Florida state wins ACC championships. You're just, bigger than Syracuse you're bullying them man you're really bulldozing them absolutely and uh, at least from the stats where we're at right now 38 to 3 with 47 seconds left in the game total yards Florida State 420 Syracuse 100 159 total (laughs) that's that wait uh, this is awesome the game just got called Syracuse was on the one yard line and and the clock ran out. Is that but, it? That that's it how it expired. Give, it a, give not did not give up a touchdown. Syracuse got down to the one against the the second and third string kids, and uh, did not end up scoring a touchdown. So who um, had been playing the <laughs> second and third string guys from the middle of the of the third quarter? Right. Yeah. Um. I think it was mostly third string guys. A lot of freshmen are out there. Um. Yeah. No. It was uh, just a dominant performance. I like. I, I can't kind of comprehend and and process just this is a team that's that's just better they they are better than they were last year and they were the year before this is this is a team this is where you want fsu to be this is the final stats right here 420 to 160 in total yard fsu advantage passing wise only 190 in the air for fsu but only 65, 65 in the air for Syracuse. Florida State, 230 yards on the ground versus 95 for Syracuse with Sean Tucker, one of the best, one of the best running backs in the entire league. It was an absolute domination. And it's tough to pick like what impressed you the most. I guess we can go through it chronologically if you want, or I don't know if you want to break down individual performances, Kev. It's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's a tough game to break down because it was so clinical. It was so 
we overtook that game immediately from the beginning. And there was really no doubt on the road in the carrier dome, which is a weird, awkward environment that was loud, like actual yeah. crowd noise, not the weird, like fake pumped up stuff from hard rock <laughs> a week ago, like actual people yelling things. Um, it was a done deal from the start. So what what did you think of Mike Norvell's like game plan? I, I was impressed with it because I thought that even though Syracuse's defense was a little banged up, undersized, I still liked that we got them to move laterally on a lot of plays, a lot of formational diversity, a lot of the screen game. My God, the perimeter blocking. Magnifique. What, uh, what a you, couple what, standouts that weren't great. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you miss Ja'Kai Douglas. He, he wishes he could have had one or two back. But overall, very, very impressive. What did you think of the overall offensive game plan from Mike and the boys? Yeah, so you could tell that they did, they did what they want to do. They want to run the football. They want to be effective doing that. They came out, they ran that outside zone in the first drive, kind of set a tone. Um, that's a little bit harder to do against a team like Syracuse, who has smaller guys that want to shoot gaps. Um, they they got some outside zone going, and then they kind of just sat in inside zone for the rest of the game. You didn't see them kind of – they ran counter a few times, but they they ran a lot of inside zone. And the way they run that is inside zone has has that triple option element that you that you heard Hasselback talking about on, on air. Um, a lot, so, yeah. So – Ran a lot of that inside zone, just trying to be patient, trying to run the ball. And what happened was it forced Syracuse to go into cover three, bring an extra safety in the box. And um, then on the outsides, they they weren't pressing on the wide receivers. So you got just kind of ISOs. You threw those quick screens out to Johnny Wilson and Malik McLean, and they made plays. So, um, yeah, you you did exactly what Mike Norvell wants to do. You want to run the football until the defense over adjusts, and then you throw the football. And uh, you just get the ball to your athletes in space, and that's that's exactly what they did. Um, is yeah, truly like you said, a clinical performance, right? Trey Benson, there was no one on that Syracuse team that could tackle Trey Benson. He was probably the size of their biggest linebacker, and um, he might have been the size of their biggest friggin' defensive tackle. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Trey Benson, he's a guy that at the beginning of the season, like we saw a lot of potential in, but at the beginning of the season, there was, I don't know if you want to say tentative running or maybe just some running that for a guy that wasn't hundred percent comfortable in the system that we, we noticed on our triple option film reviews that is gone. Trey Benson went uh, 18 carries 163 yards 9.1 per a long of 30. He looks absolutely phenomenal in this offense. And this is an offense that, you know, it's got Lawrence Toafili. It's got a, a returning Trayshawn Ward, who I thought he had to knock a little bit of the rust off. He obviously wasn't his very like vision, agile self. In my opinion, he didn't look, he didn't look the best we've seen him over the season. But Trey Benson, the confidence that he has been stacking, that kid is an absolute monster. And what a find by Mike Norvell and that staff. What an evaluation. And what a way to integrate him in. And now, like, there were some questions when we did the triple option film review. Was he an outside zone specialist? Like, would he struggle? Like, if if the if the majority of the carries were on his back? No, dude. Kevin. Yeah. He's the juggernaut, bitch. He looks so good, right? Like, what a story. And 
great job by the offensive line, a unit that was very uneven within the first like five or six weeks of the season. A lot of it due to injury, but man, that whole offensive scheme is settled in. Mike Norvell has been very diverse formationally with a lot of stuff that he's doing. And they just look, I don't want to say unstoppable, but my God, they look way more comfortable than they should have been on the road against a six win team in week 10. They've played like a top 10 team these past three weeks. This is it, what yes, good teams 100%. do to above average ACC teams. And um, yeah, I, I think I think you bring up a point. And this is, this is something that has been in the conversation a lot right now recently with the recruiting and everything else. Because um, you brought up Trey Benson being a find and no one liking Trey Benson in the, in the transfer portal. It felt like when, <sighs> when he came in, all of us were the... Me, you, and AB were the only ones that felt like had his back, um, and we weren't we weren't in love either, Kevin. We just said, no, "Hey, we there's something there. Give it a shot." And that was still by far the most positive commentary on the stake. And I even feel like I was an asshole afterwards. <laughs> right? The kid is the kid is stellar, just absolutely stellar. So, uh, while while there there are fair criticisms with the recruiting and the process there. Yeah, I do think where this staff excels is their ability to evaluate and then develop the players they evaluate. And to the point, someone was saying Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis didn't have a good game and only had two incompletions or whatever. You just blew out an above average ACC team without asking your quarterback to do much. That's that's what Mike Norvell wants to do. He wants to be able to blow teams out and and not have to ask his quarterback to win the game. So like you can get worried about not being not signing five-star quarterbacks, but Mike Norvell doesn't want to win the game with five-star quarterbacks. He wants to be able to run the ball down your throat, be bigger, better, stronger than you and win on the trenches. And if he has a great quarterback, he has a great, great quarterback. Um, and that that's probably going to be a thing that could win a national championship for him, but something that allows him to win the ACC I don't think I don't think a stellar quarterback is is necessary for the type of offense that he's building, and I think you you've seen these past few weeks. Jordan Travis hasn't had to do anything. You could put you could have put Tate Rotomaker in the backfield, and you still would have blown out these past three teams. Not to the certain extent, because Not to we the saw extent. Tate. In, I, I'm with you. I I will say though, with with Florida State at the level of health that they were, if you had Tate Rotomaker in the entire game. I would have projected Florida State to win on the road in the Carrier Dome. No, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. If it, you play these games again, I you could hand the ball off to Trey Benson forty times, and you would still win this game. Yeah, Jordan Travis, twenty-one of twenty-three, <laughs> just just so efficient. Twenty-one of twenty-three, hundred fifty-five yards through the air, three three touchdowns out of twenty-one completions. He ran one in. He caught one from Wyatt Rector. Brendan Sinone just absolutely just, I'm sure. He could not. He's the peak of professionalism. I'm sure that, I'm sure that, like, that press box in Syracuse was like a a K-pop fan page on Twitter. I'm sure Brendan was just fangirling all over the place. It was absolutely, it's crazy the things that they are doing to good teams. Two it's of Jordan not, Travis's touchdowns were quick screens. He took a snap and turned and threw the ball. 
you don't need a five star to do that. <laughs> I am sorry. And I, and I agree with you. And I think that the way that Florida State is positioning themselves, I, I think there are they are going to be in play for those type of athletes. Maybe not the 2023 recruiting class just because it's a little truncated and most of the class is filled up. They don't have that many spots left. But, man, I think you guys are going to be 100% impressed in that transfer portal. And then from there on, like, it, the offense for playmakers, it's – it. It was a punchline the first two years. It's not a joke, man. Mike Norvell comes out with a extreme amount of formational diversity. He comes out with an extremely creative running and passing game, and he comes out with a game plan that gets the defense on their heels for yep. pretty much the entire first half of the game because it, it's, it's different than what they're expecting. The man... <sighs> I, I don't want to be I don't want to be hyperbolic because of what we just seen. It, it's been a wonderful run, and of course we still have two games left. But the man's elite in offensive mind. He he's a very good offensive mind. The staff is probably not a hundred percent like it, it is probably not a hundred percent like optimal at this point. But even so, they're the team is operating so high level functionally. It's just hard to fathom, man. You're going to beat Syracuse by 35 on the road in week five. Ask yourself, what did you think that the score of this game was going to be? If you had with yeah. without massive injuries, dude, Schrader played, Tucker played, Gadsden played. Yeah, the, after the three straight losses, if you said you went up to Syracuse and the score was 38 to three, you would think, uh oh, the wheels have fallen off Florida State's program. <laughs> And it, it's tough because we, we, we're a team-centric, focused, like, conversation analyst outlet, right? So, of course, everything we talk about is going to be Florida State-focused. And some people, there's a negative there's a negative reaction to that. Well, it's like, well, what did the other team do? You're not, you're not playing, like, a wet rag on the wall. Like, of course, you're meeting resistance. But these past couple games, the pitfalls that Florida State has, it really has been them. With a Florida State at optimal health, especially defensively, yeah. my God, the suffocating performance that they put up defensively. What what was that again? As far as like team stats, a hundred and sixty yards for an entire game. I mean, how many times did they even get past? Were they were they in the red zone outside of the last drive ever? You know, I think they were after the Travis fumble, but then we pushed them back like 10 yards. It's it's psychotic. Like you've got you've got a team like Syracuse, not an offensive juggernaut, a very competent offensive team, a very dangerous offensive team with the three headed monster of Schrader, Gadsden and Tucker. Having 160 total yards a game, you're talking like 1940s, like Navy and Notre Dame numbers like it's. Yeah. It's impressive, man. And the main question that I had is I thought that Florida State, the matchup I thought was favorable. The environment is yep. never favorable. But the main test for me this week, Kevin, was do you go on the road after a highly emotional victory and take care of business? Do you have the right mindset? And, dude, they never looked rattled. It was all businesslike, and they killed it. Yeah, I, I, and people are talking – People talking about defense. Um, defense has really stepped up. Uh, give credit to the defense. Um, I I think that's fair. I think that 
the defense won the game. Sure. Honestly, in the first half, the offense, they looked all right. Trey, Trey Benson looked like a, a complete stud and he was kind of carrying your offense, but really they were getting short fields, right? Like, I, yeah, I don't, I think, I, I think the defensive staff deserves a lot of credit for how much crap they've gotten this year to not let up a touchdown in two straight ACC games is incredibly impressive. One against a rival and one on the road against a six win team in, in week 10. So yeah, I, I'm with you. If you guys want, I feel like we've heaped a lot of praise on the defense. I'm fine for heaping a lot more, man. They, they look fantastic. So to me, I mean, we, we can go through it all. And if you want, I think it might be more beneficial to answer some fan questions on the stream if people want to, because to me, the story of the game defense, absolutely suffocating. The perimeter blocking was great. The formational diversity of Mike Norvell and a lot of things that he did. Some of the things that we were a little bit skeptical about a couple of weeks ago, like is Florida state becoming an easy scout? Are we starting to fall into a lot of old habits? I have, I have none of those concerns anymore. It, it, it might be better just to answer some questions, Kev, because I feel yeah. really good about where this team is going. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something that on offense, you've got a team that can run outside zone counter and that triple option play effectively. And those are three base plays that you can run a whole offense around, let alone being able to do all three. Um, the defense. Oh, before we get too far, the one thing that stands out about the defense in my mind, there was a third down. It was like you're up seven, three or 14, three and Syracuse was trying to get out of their own end zone and they tried to throw a back shoulder. They had one-on-one coverage with mm. Aronde Gadsden yep. on Renardo green and Aronde Gadsden is potentially an NFL guy. Like this guy he is a good football player. He is a very good wide receiver. One of the best they've probably seen all year. And one-on-one -on -one coverage, he shut him down. And yeah, that we've been giving Woodson a lot of flack. Um, and I think some of it deserved. But, I mean, Renardo Green was a safety last year. He came in, converted to corner. And in a time when that was a pivotal turning point for the game where you really could, you know, put the pressure on Syracuse, he makes a great play and great coverage, textbook man coverage. And I, I think he deserves some credit. And I think Woodson deserves some credit for 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 that for that play. I will I 100 percent agree because that one 100 percent stood out. He did a wonderful job all night. I thought run out agreed both in run fitting and then in pass coverage. That was hundred percent on him. And I thought the communication issues that we pointed out in previous issues of the triple option. It, I, I didn't see any, I didn't see a lot of busted coverages at all. The pressure was on all night from the defensive line. The second, the second level Adam Fuller calling a more aggressive game because I feel like he's more confident in his defense and backs to do the job that they needed to do. It was, it was a complete defensive performance, Kev, and and I'm with you. So we we've been hard on the defensive backs, but tonight you can finish. That's a good comment for the people that aren't listening. Uh, Matt Jones from YouTube is wondering, would you compare Florida State's performance to the sisters in the Shawshank Redemption? 
Yeah, there was. It, it was bad. It, it was bad, and you don't want Morgan Freeman to narrate it that much because it's 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 horrifying. And that's exactly what Florida State did to Syracuse. So, Kevin, I think we can take some questions because yeah. to me, it was it was such a complete dominating performance that I don't want to I don't want to paper over it because it was so impressive after what you did last week, and it was what people were saying like this is what we need to see Florida State do to be impressive but I I thought that they overshot all the expectations that I even had for them so hats off to the team man like you went up you went up to upstate New York you did the business so does Jordan Travis get an NFL offer um I do I do think that he has played his way into an NFL draft prospect not a high round I'm thinking like five to seven uh, yeah. I yeah I, I don't expect him to be on Florida State's team next year I don't um if he does there would be a significant Nil investment that I think that we can do but I'd say just at this point with the quality of his play everything else that's going on I'd say that I'd I don't expect Jordan Travis to be on the team next year. Yeah, so that's a. I think I agree with you. I think he's going to get a late round, and you know, Florida State's serious about keeping him, which I think they should be. You have to make an offer that's more enticing to a kid than being a professional player and not having to go to classes and and doing all that stuff. So, um, th- there is a component to that where I think Florida State's going to going to try to make a very convincing argument for Jordan Travis to stay. It really just comes down to whether or not that's something that he wants to do. And I think that's a him decision. I think, I think an NFL is going to, I think the NFL is going to ask him to be a third string quarterback or be on their practice roster. But I don't necessarily think that Jordan Travis has the mechanics or the, the frame to be an NFL starter. Um, and I, I think Jordan Travis is an excellent quarterback. I think he's a top top fifteen college quarterback at least. Um, but that doesn't, oh, yeah, okay. that doesn't necessarily. The NFL is a different game. Um, so I, I think it's just a little bit different. And I think, I think he might be someone that you know, like the Ravens might draft late as as someone that can come in in a pinch and run uh, Lamar's offense or something like that. But uh, I would be shocked if he got something that was super tangible. Um, but We'll see. And I I do think it's not one of those things where if he does go to the league, it's not because Florida State's like NIL game is insufficient. I think he'll get a very sizable offer as well. He should, given the given the quality of his game. I I just think that he's going to test it in the league, guys. And I think that a team's going to take a late round flyer on him because the intangibles are so enticing. But we'll see. We'll see. Next question. How will we perform against an offense with a healthy starting quarterback by Mansa Musa? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think that I think you kind of ran into a gauntlet the first few weeks of facing, you know, DJ Wongale before he decided to collapse for the season, facing Sam Hartman before he decided to collapse for the season, and facing Malik Cunningham kind of at his best. And there were several times in those film reviews when you say, well, you had them on this third and long and they made a good throw and catch and the coverage wasn't bad. It's just what it is. So good quarterbacks change the game and um, good quarterbacks make good defenses look less good. 
Uh, well, so. you know, how many times at the beginning of the year were those great quarterbacks facing a very healthy, efficient defense? It's it's it, it it's tomato tomato. You're gonna flip it. So how are we performing against the offense with a healthy starting QB? Garrett Schrader was not at 100. percent Sean Tucker was at 100. percent Aranda Gadsden was at 100. Yep. percent Garrett Schrader was what 75. percent I don't think that the throws that he missed were 100% because of that lower leg injury. So tonight, you faced a Syracuse offense at like 80% or better. Gadsden wasn't getting open, which is No, they, they choked him off, man. So it, mm-hmm. y- you can say that, and that's 100% acceptable. I understand. But I don't want it to be dismissive of the Florida State defense in particular. As far as like the Georgia Tech argument, Zach Pyron versus Jeff Sims... I don't even think when they're 100 percent healthy, it's that big of a it's that big of a gap. I think that Sims is better, but Pyron's like kind of here. So no, man. Like I, I guess the test based off this question would be Anthony Richardson in Florida, which is a very dangerous offense yep. with a very like a very exciting athlete quarterback. But man, if Kalen Deloach can shadow. Richardson effectively you have a chance of shutting down a good offense and having a fairly decent game um, because you are a defense that limits explosive plays and they're an offense that can only move the ball on explosives right and it's so there's a chance you look good against Florida but and it's a defense that has played like Florida is I think they're operating at a higher level than they have been all season but they face like Florida State's defense has faced more dangerous quarterbacks throughout the year multiple times. Yep. Jane Daniels, Malik Cunningham, DJ Uyangalale, yeah. when for whatever reason, when he can channel the Super Saiyan like Chi essence and play us. Yeah, you'd like, be we, crazy to not take Cunningham, Sam Hartman, and uh Yeah, Daniels, dude. Jaden Daniels over Richardson. Yeah, so Richardson plays us. That's fine. He's extremely dangerous, but he's at the lower end of the top five of quarterbacks of this defense's face. So we'll we'll see what happens. And they're a good team. And I I don't feel I don't feel the way that I felt before the Syracuse game that I feel before the Florida game. But yeah, let's let's try to. There's a bunch of questions, so let's move through these a little bit quick. Yeah, for sure. Let's go. Are you saying no coach is going to be replaced in the offseason by Bug Zapper? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think me and AB kind of change. Uh, don't agree here, which is kind of odd. We agree on a lot of stuff. But um, I think as long as the team keeps improving, you trust Mike Norvell to make the staff decisions. And if you see improvement year over year, then you then you let him do what he feels is best for the program because um, he knows it better than than we know it. But I, I do think that there is some dead weight that could be improved if if we reach that ceiling. There will be at least one to two, in my opinion. Yeah, I would think so. Even with All right. improvement of performance, one to two. All right, let's roll. All right, UF game question, final score, and would you rather beat out UF? So I think we can answer both of those in one question. Would you rather beat UF or be impotent for the next two years? Interesting. So we're talking about beating a rival or if the quality of the life of my family will be decreased. 
I will say I would love to beat UF, but I would also like to have a child in the next two years. So sorry, FSU fans. I would like my sperm to be potent for the next two years outside of beating UF. Why did why did I read that as football impo- impotent? No. Because I know no. this person and he's literally talking about my penis. This okay, is a so fr- this is a friend that's spamming the chat. So let's continue. Okay. Uh final score of the Florida game. I will say that FSU wins. 33 to 27, a barn burner close Florida may even come out like more. uh, They might get an early lead, but I think the, the total quality of Florida state's team, because I don't trust the UF defense. I think that that will, that will play itself out after multiple possessions. So 33, 27 FSU over UF on black Friday. Did FSU go from win small to win big during the season? Really feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, they they look really good. Um, I think you're playing a lot weaker back half, and I think you ended up seeing half lose small and half win big, and it averages out to win small, and that's kind of what they mean. They don't mean you win every game by a small amount, but if you average it, you're probably winning these games by a small amount. Um. Actually, you're kind of winning by a lot. So, uh, dude, I, I'd agree with that to a certain extent, but you just beat Syracuse by five touchdowns. Yeah. So I think that there actually has been a very promising rise in the performance of the team throughout the middle of the season. So we were in win small. We're not in 100% win big. If you're in like the win big, whatever, arbitrary like phase of the rebuild, you don't lose to NC State. So you and to me you put it in the phase. It's all about the consistency of the play. You don't lose to NC state. If you're in the win big phase, in my opinion, for what you've been going through, but there has been a consistent raise in the quality level of the play that it were. I, I feel like Florida state's ahead of schedule with two games left. I feel they're ahead of schedule. So Robert McGronin add on to that question. What is different about this team? So what has allowed them to take that step forward? So what is the difference? Oh, I mean, health is the easiest yeah. one, right, Kev? I mean, like the defensive line with a healthy, with that healthy starting four, it's 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 night and day. However, with that healthy starting four, there's some cascading benefits to the quality of the linebacker play, the quality of the defensive back play. So I would say that health is 100% whatever. On the offensive side of the ball, it's I, I don't know if it's the buying. I don't know if it's the comfortability with the system, but you know, there was always like the joke or the comment at the beginning of the season. Whose turn is it to be the number one wide receiver tonight? McLean had a day. Pittman had a day. Wilson had a day. Poitier had a day. Like you're getting to the point in the offense to where, because people understand it at the same level that you're threatening the defense at every single receiver position. And it's it's tough to plan for. So I'm, like I said, defense, I think it's health. Offense, I think it's more familiarity with the system and ability to attack the defense from all of the angles at once. What do you make the line of the LSU game next year without Jordan Travis? Um, so I'll take this. I, I was on record preseason taking Florida State over LSU. Um because I thought Florida State could bridge the talent gap you had with LSU 
because it was a first year staff's first game. And I thought Norvell could scheme some guys open and scheme some big play opportunities. And they did. Um, and I think that's why you were able to win that game. I don't think you're able to do that against LSU next year. I think they're just a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. They're the difference between recruiting in the top 20 consistently and living on the transfer portal and recruiting in the top 10 or even the top five. I think next year LSU beats Florida State in Orlando. I'm on record. Um, that's not a popular answer, but I think I think Florida State's going to be a top 15 team next year, but I think LSU's going to be a top 10. No, no, no. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see because Florida State thoroughly dominated LSU in the game. Like, oh, what happened if Florida State played LSU right now? I think they beat them right know. now. Who? Us <laughs> or them? I think Florida State would win right now, but I think next year LSU would win. We, we So we will see because they thoroughly outplayed them. I don't know. We'll get there, but I'm not so sure. I'm just the positivity's welling up <laughs> in my veins, Kevin, that I'm not 100% sure. Let's get to a, a two to three more yeah, questions. Speed round. Like, yeah. What, what do we got? Two to three more. Yes or no. Will Alex Atkins be here next year? Yes, I think so. Because I don't think that he's going to take the G five, like head coaching position that a lot of people think. I think he's going to stay there, build up the currency. My God, you saw all the graphics tonight of the offensive line improvement. Just stay there and dude, you go from a G5 head coach to like a P5 head coach, and I think just stay. I, I think he will be here next year. What do you think? I think he will for the same reasons. I think he's smart enough to learn from Mike Norvell. How does the O-line look next season? I think better. I, I think we're going from an O-line that can execute the concepts that they're comfortable with effectively to one that can execute everything comfortably. Yeah, I think, I think they move forward. I think you have a little bit more talent coming up. You're not piecing together pieces from the transport portal as much. Yeah. I think, I think this offense is going to be really hard to stop, especially in the running game. And I think that's, that's, that's going to be, I think you're going to be able to, to kind of road grade a lot of teams next year. Um, can you increase your velocity at 21 or are you stuck? Uh, Passing-wise, uh, muscle mass has very little to do with how hard you can throw the football. Um, leg strength has the most to do with velocity um, mixed with technique. I think his technique isn't good enough to really be strong-armed, but I, I don't really think that's the problem. I think I, he's he's a six-foot-tall quarterback. Everything has to go right for a six foot tall quarterback to succeed in the league. And I don't think that that's where he's at as a, as a player. And I, I think there's a lot that would have to go his way for that to change. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. I hope he succeeds. I hope I'm wrong. Um, so do you like what you saw from early at the end of the game? Uh, we started this before I was able to really pay much attention to the offensive line. I wish AB was here to answer that. We will answer that in the film re review on the X's and Knowles channel yes. later this week. Uh, we 100% will. Uh, your friend Robert Hardy is is getting belligerent. Um, <laughs> well, then we could probably just okay. cut it off. Yeah, I think, I think... A, that's such a decent question. Love you guys. Why doesn't Duffy and Hill see any garbage? That's time? a good question. Hill, that's fantastic. Um, 
Hill scored last week, so he did get some garbage time. I, I think so. It's it, it's one of those things where you're trying to rotate guys in where it's I, I don't think don't don't see anything into it at this point. To be fair, with the production that you probably expected to see, there shouldn't have been garbage time against Syracuse on the road. <laughs> yeah. The and fact I, that we're getting to see it is a luxury, right, Kev? Yeah, I I think that's true. I think there's also a, a part of you I think the fans need to kind of read the tea leaves with the first person on this list and maybe see that um, maybe you're trusting, maybe you're trusting the guy that's been in the system for three years as the immediate future over the, the freshman that hasn't looked as good in practice. Um, And we will see, obviously the tea leaves are still there. The future is still there to be written, but my God, Knowles 24-7 Faithful, that future <laughs> is positive. So join us. Thank you for joining us all night. Continue to chop on. Go to Knowles 24-7. Subscribe to the page. Comment on the forum. Be an active, wonderful subscriber. We love you. We will see you for the rest of the week. We've got Louisiana Lafayette on this sketch and Florida State. Seven and three. Looking great. And my God. They won, which I expected them to do, but not like this. It feels good, Kevin. So for Kevin Little, I am Trey Rowland. Love you guys. Continue to chop on and see you on Noel 24-7. Enjoy your night.